Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Howdy, what's your name, brother? Hey, I'm Scott. Hey, Scott. I was actually in line in Madison to ask a question and just missed out, so thanks for taking the question. That was back in May. I'm here with my girlfriend, Madeline, tonight. Thanks and, for being here. Uh, the older I get, uh, the more pointless it seems, uh, this exchange of Christmas gifts from adult to adult and buying things that we, we don't really need. And, uh, <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. The older I get, it just feels more pointless in general. Well, I'm not as old as you yet, but I'm getting there. Um, so You're a funny guy. Thank you. There's the family dynamic. How dare you out-comedy me? <laughs> and I, I want to get out of this gift-giving loop, but I also don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, and I'm wondering if it's wise to just keep doing it just to not ruffle feathers, or if there's a, you know, nice way to say, hey, I'd prefer to just, you know, go on a hike this year instead of doing, or go to a minimalist show. Yeah. <laughs> what a great Christmas gift request. Yeah. Uh, certainly there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a balance between you being miserable and then you cutting off everyone and then them being miserable. There's certainly a balance between that. Um, well, I mean, when you think about when people go to give you gifts, like what, they want to give you a gift because they love you. Right. They want to make you happy. They want to make you feel good. They want you to know that they care. If they're giving you a gift and it's making you feel stressed, it's making you feel obligated to hold on to something that you don't want and you're feeling guilty about not liking something that someone gave you, um, if that person could just know what that gift giving was doing. It's doing the exact opposite of what their intentions are. I know that if I was that person, I would really appreciate someone telling me the truth. Mm -hmm. Because, because I, I, when I give a gift, I do want it to mean something. I don't want to give an obligatory gift, and I certainly don't want to make someone feel the opposite of happy. The whole point of gift giving is to be happy, right? So um, it, I think it comes down to having a very very hard conversation, um, but anytime you have a hard conversation, the, it, the way to make it a little bit easier is a couple things. Um, like first off, you, first and foremost, you have to show as much respect as possible because whenever you're asking someone to change the way that they're acting, um, it's, they're always gonna feel some type of defense mechanism come on. People hate change. They hate being changed even more than that. Right. So you have to approach it in a way that is showing them the utmost respect. Um, the second thing is whenever you use the word you, you're going to use it in a positive manner. You are such an amazing person. You mean so much to me. You're an amazing family member. I'm so glad I have you in my life. But I have a problem. And any time you use the word I that's when you throw the negative stuff in. I have a problem. There is something wrong with me. It's called and minimalism. It's called yeah. minimalism. <laughs> and I don't need you to be a minimalist, but what, I, what would really make me happy 
is for you to just support me. And then they're probably going to say, oh, I'm sorry to hear that you're having this issue. <laughs> How can I support you? Be careful, it's contagious. <laughs> and that's where it opens up the door for a really nice conversation of, yes, I, I, I'm totally open for gifts. We can do experiences. We can go to a minimalist uh, event. We can, uh, we can just go out to eat or we can just cook a meal, whatever it is that you want to do. I think that is where you, you are able to open that door for a more meaningful conversation. But yeah, dude, there is certainly... There is certainly a balance between you being miserable and then just <laughs> going the opposite way and making everyone else who gives you gifts miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. The, the problem isn't gift giving. Uh, the, the problem is the commodification of love. Because what Ryan was saying a moment ago is like, why does someone give you a gift? He listed off all these reasons. Basically what he's saying is that person wants to add value to your life, Right. Now, we've been told that gift-giving is a love language. Pig Latin is a romance language. Um, no, the truth is that it's, it's not about the obligatory gift. That's the other problem, is obligation. We actually enjoy adding value to other people's lives. What we don't enjoy is the obligation of, well... Today is December 25th, or today is February 14th, or whatever the date for Sweetest Day is, and all these other Hallmark holidays, and all of a sudden, you're like, well, I'm supposed to give you this thing, and now what thing did you give me? Let's compare those. Oh, looks like I love you 7% more than you love me. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, we're comparing our love, and that's the problem with, with the, the exchange of, of gifts when it has become commodified is it becomes transactional. And love is not a transaction. Love is transcendent. And so instead of giving gifts on obligatory holidays, what I like to do is give gifts on random days. It's like, well, today is December 12th. Here's this thing I got for you. Well, why'd you get that? Well, because I thought it would add value to your life. Is it my birthday? Did I forget a holiday? Like, what is going on? Oh, no, I, I just thought you'd find value in these concert tickets and we can go together or you, whatever it may be. And all of a sudden, you've removed yourself from the obligation. There's no reciprocity required. It's just simply, wow, I care about you. So here's this thing. And when you do that and you do it enough, then all of a sudden, it starts to make the holiday, holidays seem less significant. I mean, my family now, what we do is we'll like go out and get a, we'll still get a Christmas tree. We'll like go cut one down. You get like a $5 permit. You cut, cut a Christmas tree down and it ends up being an experience. So I will gift experiences or I'll gift consumables. But, and I will also gift uh, to charities on the behalf of other people in other people's names. Um, one of my favorites right now is, is Charity Water. We just did a, a whole episode with uh, Scott Harrison. It's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Thank you. And, and uh, one thing that I'll do with my family this year is just give to Charity Water in, in their names. And uh, that gives, lets them feel good, like they got something. And, and if you want, you can even wrap it up in a nice like, box and, and make it look like this big gift so they still have the experience of doing that. And then giving them the gift of contribution is a lot more meaningful than some cufflinks. You know what, dude? It, it, the, the commodification of love, gift giving, because, I, dude, I know if there's not someone in the audience, there's someone listening to this right now, and they're like, Josh just needs to read that book about how gift giving is a love language. Yeah. And I, 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 I've, I have not uh, read this book, but um, what I'm willing to bet, though, and every argument I've seen for 
gift giving being a, a, a love language is, is it does come down to the contribution. Yeah, it's, it's adding value. And so I, I just changed the, the, because gift giving now we associate with giving a physical item mostly. Like we see the, the nicely wrapped presents on Instagram and all of a sudden think we're supposed to do the same thing. But really it means gift giving is adding value. It's adding value is the real love language. Contributing, adding value. I totally yeah, agree with that. Because when I think about like, like the terminus of that, um, let's say that gift giving was my love language, okay? And I went out and I'm like, I got to show Josh I love him, so I'm going to buy him a tie clip. I've never seen Josh wear a tie clip in my life. I, I, I can't remember the last time I seen him wear a tie. Um, let alone a tie clip. Get him the tie for oh, right. I, really, I really like having this piece of cotton so, around my neck. So, so with, with me, <laughs> you, you're such a good friend, you would probably do that. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> clip it to your shirt. Anyway, um, so if I got Josh's tie clip, uh, great, I feel good about myself because I got Josh something and I was able to show my love to Josh and I feel good about myself now. Josh feels like crap now because I just gave him a gift that he doesn't want and now he's going through all those emotions of, I don't want to get rid of it because uh, 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 Ryan gave it to me and uh, I, I, I don't want to disrespect him and you know all these emotions that go through. What a horrible way to show my love. I mean, honestly, like, if that really was what it meant was to like buy a trinket and give it to someone and it was making me happy because that was my love language. But for that person, it was making them miserable. To me, that's just not a great way to show love. And I think that's all true. I would say that there are a lot of very intelligent people making a whole lot of money by coming up with creative ways to make you think that you show affection by buying things. And so this is an uphill battle. And it's something that I think it's great to get into the position where you personally recognize that that's not how you, you don't have to buy anything to show affection. You can communicate it in different ways. But with a lot of us, and if you, if you haven't had the opportunity to get into a deep, meaningful conversation with somebody and say, listen, you're living your life all wrong. You've been tricked. And we need to go back and start with the Greeks to discuss why. Like, you don't necessarily have that time over the holidays. So, <laughs> Here, I got you, got you this book on Epictetus. <laughs> Wait, I, I think, Colin, you could write a book like The Sociopath's Guide to Gift-Giving. <laughs> and then I'd sell it for Christmas. <laughs> but it's something that I've found works, though, because you don't... It's the shortcut conversation. You, you want to communicate that basic concept, but you don't necessarily have the time to get into the deep stuff. There's multiple levels to this type of recognition. And something that I found works really well with people who still feel very strongly that they show affection and communicate affection uh, optimally through giving things is to communicate to them very clearly. Like, like, listen, if this is going to be something where you want to get me something, let's get each other something. Let's go out specifically. Let's go out and buy each other drinks. Let's go out and have a good meal at that one place where we had that, that thing that one time. Let's take a trip. Let's take a road trip. Come up with a very specific thing because it's really great to just say, I want to spend time with you. But that might not scratch that itch that they feel, the need to show you that they've thought very hard 
and they know exactly the right thing to get you. Whereas if you can sit there and talk about it and come up with something interesting, something clever, then it'll help them scratch that itch. And they can feel good about that without you having to go seven levels down to come up with the, the entire philosophical argument for why you're doing it. But then it's a good opening for it too. It's something you can reference back to and say, listen, look, you didn't have to buy me that diamond and I knew that you loved me. We did that other thing. Here's how I came up with that. Here's the concept that's been underlying that side of my life. Yeah, and that sounds like such a more meaningful experience to me. Because when I think about when I used to buy gifts for people, uh, you know, in my days of yesteryear, it was, I'd walk around the mall, like, looking for ideas. Mm -hmm. Okay, what, you know, my, I got, like, five, five, ten people I want to buy gifts for. Like, looking back, that was, that's, like, probably the, the most thoughtless way to buy someone a gift is walking around and trying to look for inspiration. But that's how we're trained to do it from a very right. young age. That's an activity. Going to the mall is an activity. And well now, actually, you don't even have to go to the mall. You just click around the internet and it's... You're window shopping for inspiration. What's yeah. the stat, the favorite pastime of... Of, uh, of whom? Of girls when asked, you're, dude, you got the memory, I don't. This is why I rely on you. He just looked at me and said, what's the stat? Go. What's the stat, Josh? He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, 94% of teen teenage girls list shopping as their favorite hobby. Um, that is really... The training starts at a very young that age. That is really, like, disconcerting. Yeah, and, and uh, the, the problem is, is, like, we have hordes of statisticians and demographers who have been hired by very large corporations. I'm not saying corporations are evil. They're not inherently evil. Um, but... They're trained to do one thing, and that's to aggregate your eyeballs onto their product. And people without a fully developed prefrontal cortex, which is anyone below age 25, are especially susceptible to advertisements. But guess what? So am I. I go through that Instagram feed, and I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a great T-shirt. I already have enough T-shirts. What am I doing? Like, why am I already on their website with three shirts in my cart? <laughs> Um, well, I guess it's my favorite hobby. And favorite pastime. Yeah. That's yeah. what gets me on that. It's a pastime. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't either, but it sounds like, like this has always been, this is something that we've always, this has always been a hobby of everyone's. Well, if I were to echo what Colin was saying, I mean, I can tell you some of the best gifts I've gotten Rebecca in the last uh, couple years is we will occasionally rent this cabin in the middle of nowhere um, near Bozeman, Montana. And I mean, it's, it's on Airbnb. We'll find an Airbnb in the middle of nowhere and just go out there for a long weekend. And like, talk about, it's not just, hey, do you want to spend time with me this weekend? It's like, hey, let's have a really great experience. And here's, here's where we're going to go. It's especially scenic. You're going to remember that. And so finding a specific thing that you can do with your time. It doesn't have to be a full weekend. It could be an hour. It, you can figure out what this is, spend that time together. And, and th there, there are two different types of memories, by the way. Um, there is the experiencing self and the, the remembering self, right? And, and, and quite often what we'll do is we'll try to give you a gift in the moment because the experience of like unwrapping the gift and being caught up in the moment is great. I noticed it was my four-year-old. On her third birthday, I just wrapped up a pineapple. <laughs> and it looked like a freaking pineapple. It was the shape of a pineapple with wrapping paper on it. 
She was the most excited three-year-old in the world. Oh my God, it's a pineapple. Can we eat this today? Pineapples are really in right now, though, my, to be fair. My, my favorite was, it was the pack of gum. <laughs> that was her fourth birthday. Um, but the experience, and so there's the experiencing self, so in the moment, and that's great. You can have a good experience in the moment, but also you want something that's going, you're going to remember. And so when we spend those weekends together in a cabin in the middle of nowhere, I mean, my remembering self is like, oh, yeah, that was so great. And like the caribou were right. There was like a thousand of them. I mean, not caribou, elk. This is Montana, not Alaska. Um, <laughs> Uh, and just like a thousand elk outside the window, all of a sudden a deer walks up and is like looking in at us like we're caged animals. And like you have this, the, the memories as well. And so you can provide both through the gift giving experience. So in short, it's not about saying no to gifts. It's about saying yes to the right kind of gifts. Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Every little thing that you gotta have Every little thing that you gotta have you gotta reach for and you gotta grab oh i bet that you'll be fine without it so tear your eyes 